marriage is a platform for people to help themselves. Remember, if they fall, one person would leave the other. It doesn't mean that it has to be the man that will leave the woman. What is so special about a woman? A virtuous woman is greater than rubies. When should a man say, I am ready? People feel that they can jump in and jump out. But in the Christian faith, you can't just jump in and jump out. We are there for life. We don't consciously study marriage. It's not just in books. Books are very, very important. We learn also about observation. What if the parent disapproves? Should both couples still get married? I don't think you should go ahead and get married without the express permission of your parents. How much should a ring cost? The average ring should be it should be about two times your monthly income. The ring I bought was really really good, shiny, pure diamond. So how should young men choose their spouse? Should they wait for God to tell them that is your wife? Okay, so you are welcome to the Let's Talk About Jesus ministry. My name is Emmanuel, and I have Mr. Henderson with me today. And today we'll be talking about Jesus Christ, specifically the topic. Um, the topic we have here is um, how to prepare for marriage. This is for, for the young men. So we are going to be addressing the young men like myself. So I can be part of this conversation as well because it's also like a plan to get married um, in the future. So let's begin. So I'm going to start with this question, sir. Um, so while we are looking into this, you know, life of a married couple, Jesus Christ himself did not get married. He was single and was able to accomplish much. So we want to understand the benefit of marriage. So is it that it's better to stay single than you can accomplish much? I thought the Bible said two are better than one. So what, are the, so what are the benefits of of marriage and how, you know, while the young men, they are planning into it, what, would, what should they know about what marriage can bring to your life? Okay, that's a very tough <laughs> question. Okay, so before I just go, let me just state that I am not an encyclopedia of, you know, knowledge when it comes to marriage. So I'm just about a couple of years into marriage, two years or thereabouts into marriage. So um, most of what I'll be talking about, I will be clear that it is either something I've learned mm-hmm. or I've not really had experience with or things that I've actually had experiences with mm-hmm. and also definitely based on what I know from scripture. So please pardon my, mm-hmm. my, yes, my shallow <laughs> knowledge. Anyway, to your question, um, the first thing that came to mind is that God did not come to break any scripture. Mm-hmm. He came to fulfill the scripture. Mm-hmm. And if the scripture says that, I think that's Ecclesiastes 4, that if two are better than one, for they will have good reward for their labor. Mm-hmm. Uh, re- regarding marriage, it doesn't mean that for Jesus not getting married um, invalidates that scripture. So uh, we can look at it in several ways, but let's look at it in in the line of the in the line of uh, Jesus's purpose mm-hmm. so imagine Jesus had a wife mm. and <laughs> he was not always at home because he was all over the place doing ministry mm-hmm. imagine Jesus Christ was always a threat to the Pharisees who were like the the powers that you know that were at mm-hmm. the time which wife would want to 
always expose their, you know, her husband to this kind of risk, they will probably, or she will probably say, you know what, this ministry should be put in at the back burner. Mm -hmm. Which wife will want to see their husband die at a very early, in fact, when you are still at, when the husband is at his prime. So I'm sure these factors and more might play into, mm -hmm. uh, Paul was also another example of someone that did not get married. He said if he had this way, he would say, let everyone just do ministry and do what they are supposed to do, their calling. But if they are not able to, then they should go ahead and get married. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ was one, you know, coming back to the scriptures, Jesus not coming to break scriptures. He was one that said, when they asked him the question of divorce, he said in the beginning it was not so that, you know, um, God created men, male and female. Mm -hmm. And then for this reason, a man shall leave his father and cleave unto his wife. So Jesus was coming to preach that. So him not getting married does not invalidate that marriage is not important. Mm -hmm. Marriage is important, especially given your purpose, given your, your direction. Two indeed might be better than one. Mm -hmm. Thank you, sir. So yes, I like what you said about, uh, about that, about the purpose of Jesus. Pastor Benin said something. He said, before you find a woman, find your purpose, find your calling. Find your calling before you find a woman. So, and then when you then find your calling, you then find the woman that fits into your calling. So, like you said, Jesus Christ's ministry, he already saw it ahead that he, that he does that he would not need to have a wife for this journey. That's why he didn't go for it. So before any young man watching the video right now, if before you find a wife, find the calling, your work God has called you to do, and then you will know if God wants you to have a woman, a woman to assist you. Bible says that it is not good for man to be alone, and God gave. Eve to be his helpmate because God knows that Adam needs. So yeah, so like someone like Apostle Joseph Selman is not married, right? Yes. So, yeah, he's not married yet. He's not married yet. So yeah. So that is the first question. Thank you for answering the questions. Okay, let's go to the other question I have here. Um, yeah. So from the perspective of Jesus. How is marriage defined? From the perspective of Jesus, how is marriage defined? Okay, so I believe it's Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, it's Ephesians mm -hmm. chapter 5 talks a lot about marriage, so I, I, I can't pinpoint the exact mm -hmm. verse now. But it, it talked about Christ and the church. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, just to tell, tell you how critical marriage can be, and most times we lose sight of that, especially in marriage. Um. On this earth, there was nothing close to how there was nothing God could, God looked around and there was nothing he could see that he could liken the relationship between himself and the church. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that came close was marriage. Mm -hmm. So in the mind of God, um, marriage is very important. So if just to get your question, what's like, how is marriage defined from God's perspective? Okay, okay. So marriage is defined as, uh, well, I can't even say what it is defined as. I only describe it. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, marriage is is described, you know, um, based on the perspective of, of, of Christ, of Jesus Christ, as um, a 
union between a man mm-hmm. and a woman and it's very explicit remember um it was matthew 19 i think i believe matthew 19 19 that talked about um in the beginning it was not so mm-hmm. he created them male and female so that is number one marriage is in the perspective of jesus christ is a union between a male and a female and um it is in that same description it's a man leaving his father and mother and cleaving to his wife Mm -hmm. so that is another description a man has to be independent so to speak not um not unresponsive to his father and mother but independent of his father and mother. So um, it doesn't mean that you ditch your parents. No, that's, that's not scriptural. It just means that you have to begin to make decisions for yourself. In fact, even before then, you should have started making those decisions for yourselves and then, you know, prove yourself, so to speak, before getting into marriage. And then um, what are that description of marriage? Um, marriage is a... An, a platform for people to help themselves. Mm-hmm. And again, I would come back to that scripture, Ecclesiastes 4, I believe it's 9 or 10, that says um, two are better than one, for they will have good reward for their labor. Now, the next portion says, if they fall, one will be available to lift the other. Now, there will be times where people will be down, but the thing about marriage is that there is grace available for at least one person to stand strong and stand tall and then lift the other up. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the benefits or one of the benefits, one of the, the, the I, I believe the mind of Christ when he talked about, about marriage. And then the Genesis 2, it was not good that a man should be alone. Mm-hmm. He, he needed a help suitable for, for the man. So um, marriage is also a platform where people are able to help themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's not just, you know, sometimes we limit it to the man saying he needs help. Yes, that is true. But in the process of doing marriage, you need to help each other. Remember, if they fall, one person would leave the other. It doesn't mean that it has to be the man that will lift the woman. The woman might dig deep and it will be the woman that will lift the man. So uh, helping each other is also a critical uh, thing in the mind of God when he talks about marriage. Thank you very much, sir. That is very, very good. So, yeah. Marriage is actually um, was gotten from the mind of Jesus. It was even gotten from the Trinity. You know, Bible says that um, the Father loves the Son, the Father and the Son they are one. Even the the three, they are Godhead, but they are one. And God said that we should leave our fathers and our mother and then cleave to our wife, and then we become one flesh one flesh so um yeah that talks about unity and you know coming back to that point about uh, um, marriage as the clearest example of a relationship between christ and the church that's another that's another um another thing in the mind of christ when he you know instituted marriage he wanted us to understand more how he loves just like the man loves his bride so he wanted to exemplify how Christ loved the church and how he intends to present the church, you know, as a, a bride without spot or wrinkle, which is what should be happening in marriage as a matter of fact. Thank you very much, sir. Now let's go to the next question. So 
this is the young guys young guys that are young guys that are going into marriage so now we want to understand what is the correct motivation for marriage what should motivate us into it so i have here like so young men have a strong sexual drive and 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 having a strong sexual drive is not a it's not a good motivation if i'm from my own understanding um so yes how can we have the correct motivation for marriage so that we can go with the more right mindset sexual drive if that is the primary motivation marriage will not suffice for you marriage will never suffice especially now where sex is everywhere marriage will never be enough for you so if that in itself is your your primary motivation then you you probably you would better off being single and you know not getting married because marriage will not cure that however marriage is a platform where we can express ourselves sexually and that was what paul meant when he says that if you can't if you have sexual desires if you can't hold your sexual desires then marriage is, is an institution where you can express yourself okay so the right the things that we should look out out for as motivations for marriage should be you said it's in the beginning the purpose now if you understand it in a, uh, this thing called purpose we know that purpose is something that is way bigger than us way way bigger than us i i i have heard before and i heard recently that if your purpose doesn't doesn't intimidate you in your as you are naturally then maybe you are not you haven't identified it yet mm-hmm. it has to be something big way bigger than you may way bigger than even your family now if you have identified your, your purpose which is huge you 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 need all the help you can get so i'm sure that's what scriptures meant when it says that a help suitable for you know adam and suitable for us now yeah, uh, since we are talking about marriage so um we, we need help to to navigate this thing called life we need help to fulfill purpose and when i say help as much help as we as we we can get we need peace of mind um there's definitely going to be mountains there's def- definitely going to be issues you need someone like i you know said before and quoted before from scripture that if they fall there'll be times where you fall right especially on the path of of um of destiny there are times where you could stumble so you need an another force that will help you along the way mm-hmm. now um one shall chase a thousand right mm-hmm. two shall put ten thousand to flight so you 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 get to amplify your efforts in a way that even mathematics cannot really really explain it is a mystery one of the mysteries of association and of marriage so um if you have those motivation that you know what i want to fulfill purpose i want to 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 die empty as um um mouse moro blessed memory would say then we we need all the help we can get and there's no based on scriptures there is no deeper help so to speak that we can get beyond um well first in the in this institution of marriage now we can get help elsewhere you know what i mean but there's no deeper there's no nothing deeper like uh, deeper as marriage so we need help to get there
So uh, uh, another motivation would be the need for companion or companionship. Uh, man or even animals generally, God said he created them male and female. So uh, human beings are, are, as philosophers would put it, um, ag- not agrarian. Um, there's, one, there's one word like we are very social beings. So we need association. We need companion or uh, companionship. So uh, marriage creates a platform more stronger than anything out there for companionship so it's very important that we are we find someone that we are talking to and marriage presents that that opportunity thank you very much sir now um that companionship marriage brings companionship now we were talking earlier about a particular question i had about how should young men see women so we can get our friends to lift us up. We can get our mother or like our you know pastor to lift us up. Now, what is so special about a woman? Or how is she different that with her without the mind having a wife, it will be incomplete. What is she bringing in it? To the left, which oh, what is the woman bringing to that relationship that would help the man that the man cannot even find in his guy's friend or his man friends? So, what is the woman bringing in? Um, trying to to uh, cite a somewhere from scriptures now. Um, the portion that says that a virtuous woman is greater than rubies. Mm-hmm greater than jewels, greater, greater than, you know, precious uh, stones. Another, another um, portion says a virtuous woman who can find. Another portion of scriptures in Proverbs as well talked about that we can get a lot of inheritance from our fathers. However, anyone that finds a prudent wife has found, you know, something really great. So you can't uh, have sexual intercourse with your friends. You can't have sexual intercourse with your pastors, the people that you just mm-hmm. just mentioned. Um, and um, sexual intercourse is like two becoming one, mm-hmm. right? I'm just trying to weave everything together now. So, and is it okay to use example from yeah. my, okay. Yes. My, my wife can look at me without me saying anything. We, we haven't even, we are not a decade in, in marriage. Yeah? But she can just look at me and just say that something is wrong and just she will ask you, you start talking like what what exactly is the matter that is not something that everyone will really um relate with um and i think it has a lot to do with how our spirits are bound now you know uh, and that's what sex would do Mm-hmm. Will, will really, really bind, bind us. You know, when 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 Scripture says when um, the Bible will talk about um, when the Bible talks about marriage, there are people that interpret it that marriage is actually after you've had sex, mm-hmm. so that consummates marriage. Not necessarily the celebration is what happens when you know sexual intercourse is used to. That's what they say consummates. That's what that's the seal. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, two now become one. So I can just, you know, it will seem like everything is work, working okay on, on the outside, but things are not. 
and then she would just have this feeling that there's something going on. What? What? What's it? Mm. Um, I don't think I will have that level of relationship with my pastor. Um, rather, if there's something, I will take it to him. Mm. Um, I don't think my friends would know either. I mean, some of them might know, but it, it depends on how you wear your problems. If you if it shows on your face, yes, though. But there's a way that people that are depressed, so to speak, when they say, "Oh, I've been depressed, I've been suffering from um, mental health," and sometimes they look perfectly normal, they look perfectly okay, right? But you will know that when they go inside, they they are crying their their eyes out. Now, your wife will be able to tell that, you know. She can look at you and say, you know what, there's something wrong. What is the matter? And let's deal with this thing, you know. So that's that's one example of where I would say um, your wife can come or your spouse can come in and your other sources of um, inspiration and other sources of help might not even know that there is a problem, you know. Yeah. And when you are talking about the depth, you cannot, you know, naked and not ashamed, there is literally nothing, ideally, literally nothing you should hold back. So if there is a problem, um, you, you, in, in communicating that problem to your pastor, you might hold back some things because you might not say everything the way it's, it's going on in your head. But to your wife, it's likely not. You know? And um, if you're able to pour out your mind to somebody, um, problem shared is a problem well shared is a problem half half solved so i mean i'm just saying that there is a deeper level of relationship you have with your wife that you don't have with any other person out there and that counts for something thank you very much sir. so looking at this um it's really a big step to get to marriage because like the amount of closeness, the amount of responsibility that you have to take on. So, so I want to ask, like, when does it, like, when should a man say, I am ready with this? Because it's a lot, you know, it's very a lot. So when should a guy, because it's, it's not, it's not something like, because we are, we, we hear about divorce every time in the world today because people feel that they can jump in and jump out. But in the Christian faith, you can't just jump in and jump out. You are there for life. So it's not a girlfriend or boyfriend where you can break up and that you can go find somebody else. It's a covenant. And even if you leave your wife and go and marry somebody else, you are committing adultery by doing that. That's how the Bible says. So it's, it's a huge step. So before somebody goes into it, like, 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 what should they feel? What should they know that or say? Okay, yes, I am now ready for this. For me, I, I, I think you should first of all be deliberate about it. It's not something that you just um, stumble onto. Oh, you know what? Oh, yeah, I remember I'm thirty five now, and as a guy, I think I should be considering. No, it's something that you should have. You should have had in your mind for for a while and it's not just having it in your mind you know in itself so i i, I was i i listened to pastor kinsley a lot and he would say something like um the reason why people are failing you will find phds 
people that are you know well read people that are for example psychology someone will study psychology four years do masters do phd and the person will be a, you know a, an authority so to speak in in psychology but the same person will get into marriage and and and, and fail so um we don't we don't consciously study marriage and it's it's not it's not just in books books are very very important but it's not just we learn also by observation one of the things i did because i left home early one of the things i did was um i i started i was curious about marriage for a while for a long time probably in my mid um how do i put it 14 15 16 uh, mid-teens i guess um wherever i go to say i i am staying with someone i'm staying with a family one of the things that i i watch out for is the interaction of the man and the wife i am very very observant like that if i go to a church one of the things that i would i would have to establish before i would know if i would remain is if there is a healthy relationship between the 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 pastor and the wife now i know people do stuff just for the camera and all but you can't really fake it for too long you know i would check if there's consistency before i can say you know what this is the place where i'm going to stay um so we learn by observation like that so consciously learn these things and then there is books um it's it's very important because you know it's like um Miles Monroe, for example, now he he lived how however long he lived, but um, I'm able to 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 take advantage of the number of years that he was here because he put them in books and I've been able to consume it at my age, so to speak. I don't know if you understand. Um, so books are very important. Um, we can also attend, you know, um, seminars, webinars, and and all. I mean, these are ways that, that we can. So let's be, be deliberate about it. Let's not just stumble onto it and say, okay, yeah, we don't reach this age. Uh, time has reached. The clock is ticking and all. Let's, let's just find somebody. No. Um, as Pastor Kinsley will say, as you're running in, you're probably going to run out. So let's be a bit more deliberate. I, 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 marriage had, I've been curious about marriage. I, I, I observed, I read, you know, books. I, I, it's not like I say it out of, you know, pride, but really, I, I, and, and I can, I can give you about 12, 10 to 12 materials that I read just within the space of one year after I found the person I was going to get married to. I literally bought almost all Pastor Kinsley's books. And good enough, they were not really voluminous for most of them. And, you know, try to consume it. Most of it, sometimes when he talks, it's like, I know his next thought pattern. Because I consumed a lot of his materials. Miles um, Monroe is, did a lot about, you know, the purpose of men, power and purpose of men, and also that of women. So, consumed that as well. Um, Billy Akoni, he did some things as well on, on marriage. Apostle Selman, who is not even married, he did some fantastic jobs as well. I'm just pointing people in the direction that these are people that have said something about marriage and are really sound. Thank you very much, again. Okay, beautiful, amazing. Study to show yourself approved. Your work has a reason to be ashamed. Yeah. So the manual for 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 marriage is the Bible. So I believe, from your experience, if couples would live their life based on what is written in that book, 
Don't have to have any issues. I don't even know how I understand. It's not just good. The Bible is the number one of problems. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, now let's talk about finances. So, why is it important for young men to be financially ready for marriage? We know that a woman can add an income to, her, to the man's income um, to help the family. But as in boss men, should we... Should we have that mindset that a woman will be helping? Like, oh, yes, I have a job that is able to sustain me. Like, it's able to sustain me, but not the, not the family. But the mom will be thinking, okay, if I get married to a wife, she's going to add her own income and add, you know. So, Shouldn't men be motivated to have enough finances so to avoid depending on the woman's on the woman's income to be able to survive? How important is finance in marriage? Um, I'm gonna stop there. I think this there's some more on that question, but yeah. Um, I think finance is crucially important, very very important. <laughs> um, I don't remember the person's you know book that I that I read, I think it was Pastor Kinsler, one of his materials, he said, it's not, people just think money is the main, if you provide money, then you have provided, he said there are about six or seven things that need to be in place, that a man needs to provide for, rather. But anyway, since you're talking about money, um, <laughs> money has never been a problem, that's why I'm, <laughs> I'll probably struggle to answer this one. Um, two are better than one. Let's analyze that scripture well now. Two are better than one, for they, they, right? That's the two of them, would have good reward for their labor. So both of them are working. Both of them are, um, would get reward. So two will be better than one because there are two people that are working, are laboring, and there are two people that would have rewards. Um, just for the benefit of someone that might, you know, might be having issues, but I, I'm not going to speak from experience because finance has never, the, the approach we've always taken to finance is that, um, uh, whatever I have, there's even no I in it. Like whatever I have, whatever she has is just one. So we both have whatever it is that we both, you know, bring you contribute to the pot so um finance is very important and i hear people when they say um, finance is one of the major reasons why people people divorce i guess is the attitude that we take into into marriage i think and this is my opinion um i think that we should not go into marriage with the attitude of you know what, this is what you ought to do. This is what you are supposed to do. There will be instances where what you are traditionally supposed to do might now be the reverse. For example, if you say the man has to always be the provider, what if there are times where, you know, life happens and then the man is down and you are the more fortunate one at the, at like for the time being, would you say, oh, your responsibility is to, you know, pay the mortgage and and pay the fees, you know. But if there, there's the mindset of, you know what, there's nothing I have that is not yours, there's nothing you have that is not mine, 
anything I have is yours. And, you know, there is the money there. It belongs to the family. It's probably going to, you know, limit the, the way that we, we fight over, over money, really. And there's the trust factor as well. And we can't take that for granted. Um, it, it was still Pastor Kingsley recently. He said something. He said, uh, most people, most families, they don't trust each other with their finances. But you are trusting each other with your bed. You are trusting each other with your children. Because you have children together, which is, which is bigger. Your children, I would say, you know, are bigger then finances should just be something that if you can trust someone with, you know, living together, you know, sharing the same bed, um, having children together, then why shouldn't you have a problem with putting your money together and, and doing stuff together? I, I, I think the mindset going into marriage about finances should be, should be dealt with before we get into marriage, not when we get into marriage. So, sir, thank you. Thank you very much for that about finance i've actually had these conversations already with somebody so i want to talk about this now so you said her money your money is our money okay now what about so how do we keep the money do we keep it in one bank account or i have three bank accounts because the question was pointed out to me, I said, what if you want to surprise you? Because I believe in same bank account. I believe in we are one already. But what if you want to surprise your spouse? You know, you're going to buy them gifts, okay? And you don't want to let them know. Surprise, exactly. And you want to save it. So should, should the man and the woman have their own separate bank accounts, but they can still be given account of how much is there, or should we just have one account? And yeah, uh, mar marriage is not bondage. <laughs> yeah. So the, the thing about accounts or having multiple accounts is um, there is no right or wrong answer. Mm -hmm. So whatever works for you, I would say do. One of the things I heard, especially growing up, oh, have your own bank account and all. But in when we got married, it took us many months, almost probably probably a, probably a year, maybe even more, before we said, you know what, should we do this? But before then, we were things were working seamlessly. So um, there is no there is no straight jacketed approach you can you can you can follow. You can if you want to to open same account and like central account, that's okay. If you want to open, have a central account and still have individual accounts, which is the model that we are following, that's also okay. No, we don't have a, we don't have a joint account actually. We, we have an individual account. She has access to every, everything. So it's hard to even say, oh, this is a joint account. Uh, whenever I receive anything, she probably has an idea. Not probably. She knows. She has an idea. And whenever she receives stuff, she usually, you know, whenever she receives stuff, she would notify me that, hey, something has come, you know, um, what's, what's, what are we, what's the plan now? You know, so we, we sort of have an idea what is going on in, in both uh, our spaces. But it's, now I see, I have to even think to, 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 
to remember if we have a joint account. But we have a sem semblance of a joint account, but it's it's not necessary. And then to the question, um, if you want to surprise someone, I have surprised me. at least all, all her birthdays, all our, um, our Valentine's Day. I know some people will say Valentine's Day is not, it's not biblical. That's your problem. Me, we do Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, Valentine's Day, birthdays, um, anniversary. We, I, I do surprises and I think that even, that even adds to the, to the, the, the juice, so to speak. Mm -hmm. If she sort of knows that, okay, everything is accounted for, how come this guy is able to pull this off? You know, point is there are just different ways to go about it. For example, now, hey, we need to get these bills paid. We won't say it's the bill is $231.98. No, we say, oh, we have about $240 or $250 that is going to this bill. Sometimes when we need to pay some, some like we don't, we are not, we are not, um, we don't micromanage to the set, mm -hmm. the last dollar or the last cent. Oh, we have this bill two fifty, and then at the end, thirteen dollars comes out of it, fifteen dollars here and there, and I'm usually very, you you can tell what what and what I would spend money on. Like I I'm not, I'm not. Um, there's a word that that we we normally use. I'm not. Uh, I'm trying to remember it right now. That you just all of a sudden just no, not spontaneous. But spontaneous is what I mean. I'm not spontaneous with with money like that. Um, I'm usually very regimented. So most times I have some change, and it's it's it's. I think it adds to the to the whole flavor that you think everything is accounted for, but you're able to pull off a surprise. Yeah. So you understand each other better. So there, there will definitely be ways around it. Thank you very much, sir. So the next question is this. How much should a man have in his account before, like, to get married? <laughs> like, um, uh, so, like, <laughs> yeah, like, should, if the man does not have enough money, should he wait to get money? Or should he save towards it? Or should he go with faith? Just faith. Just faith it. You know, like, finance... Okay. Should finance hinder the step to going into married, marriage? I would say yes and no. And um, when I say yes, I mean that you, you should have something at least. Um, if you don't have the finances, you should have the intellectual property. And by that, I mean, you should have, you know, something that's will, that you are putting in place and with time is going to, 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 to bring, bring in the, the, uh, the money. So, um, I've listened to someone before and he said that, um, ladies should not, don't be fooled. Don't, don't follow potential, follow patterns. So what has the guy been doing? Is it that he has been trying and he has been failing? That's, that's a much better person to, to, you know, hinge your bet with that. You know what? This person is trying, even though it hasn't materialized, but he's trying and something's going to come. Um, no, if you are 
waiting for money to come before you get married. That's what's causing problem in our in our in our in our streets. But I mean, to use streets today. Everybody, especially a certain tribe, my tribe actually, I'm an Igbo guy. So you will see men that are 40, 45, and they don't have plans to get married. What's the reason? Because they feel they don't have enough money. Uh, society has also contributed to that because from that part of the world, world, um, you need to be a strong man before you go into this thing called marriage. But it's one of those things that I think should be, you know, should be, uh, we should, that aspect of our culture that we need to redefine that it shouldn't be, marriage should not be um, about commodities. Let's not commodify marriage. It's when we do that self that the lady will now become a commodity, so to speak. I've paid money on your head. You've heard comments like that. I've paid money on your head. I've, after the bride price that I paid, okay, for that reason, they want to make you a commodity in the house. So that's not, let's, let's begin to rethink that. So you don't necessarily have to have everything in, the account, in, your account, in an account or your account before you get, get married. If you, if, you, if you feel that you're ready, when I say feel that you're ready, you have done your due diligence that, you know what, at this time, I believe it is time to take this, this step. You can fit it, but don't fit it blindly. You know, um, don't fit it blindly. Not that you are not doing anything. There is nothing on, on ground. And you're like, when you go into it, that's when it, it could happen. But like I said, or like I, I'm quoting someone, follow patterns and not potentials per se. Um, yeah. So if you are fitting it, fit it with sense. <laughs> I know that's an oxymoron, but you get what I mean. Thank you very much, sir. So, so this of like I've been talking for long now. I'm never scratch the surface. There's some more questions that I am yet to ask. So, there's so much into this marriage that we need to put in place before we go into it. One of them is parents. Parents, 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 parents. <laughs> so today we see young men and women getting married without the parent, the family consent. Why is it important to seek permission from the parents to take the lady's hand in marriage? Some people will say that the lady is not an adult. So why should she, why sh should the man seek permission from the parents? I think that this can be because maybe the parents may disapprove. So they'll say, okay, no, let's just do it on, on our own. What if the parent disapproves? Should both couples still get married? Let's say, okay, we want to ask our parents to get married. And they say, no. Okay, and one more. Um, yeah, yeah, actually, okay, okay. Let's, let me just finish this first. It says, what if the parents disapproves? Should both couples still get married? And how important is the family in the relationship between a man and a woman it's it's this question is loaded and in case i miss one or two aspects just just um throw it back 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 to me um hmm. this one is very close to my heart because i can talk about it every day i it's i i had a similar experience overall i don't think you should go ahead and get married without the express uh, express permission of your parents so look at it sometimes we we don't eat we are not able to eat what we dish out to people 
So just imagine that you are a parent. Most times we won't understand until we start entering that institution called parenting, not even married parenting, that you have nurtured your child from zero to whatever, say 20 something or whatever age. And then someone, assuming it's a lady, some, a guy comes out of nowhere and says, hey, um, leave your parents and just, just, just forcefully break the child away. It's, it's, it's not something that we can take. It's not something that will be good for us when we eventually become parents. So let's dial back. Um, you shouldn't get married. Go ahead and forcefully get married when your parents have not given the approval. And uh, let me use my own example. Or before, before I start, let, let me state as well that a parent, especially a, a, a not even a God-fearing, a parent in their right mind will not deliberately want to malign the child, right? Whatever they are doing might be based on their level of understanding at that point in time. So we should cut our parents some slack that, you know what, they're actually doing it to protect us in their own way. So let's not think that they are against us. Now, my experience was this. I am an Igbo guy from Nigeria, and then my wife is Yoruba, equally from Nigeria. And I pitched the idea to my parents that I want to get married. And one of the first questions they asked was, where is she from? I said, oh, she's from Ibadan. And then they were like, no, expressly no. Now going to the other side, it was the exact same thing that happened. She pitched the same idea. Oh, there's this guy that is coming around the same period. And the answer was no. What did we do? I was... I was upset because I felt that those are primordial sentiments. Ibo, Ibo, you don't, don't go marry somebody else other than someone from the tribe. I thought those were, we should have gone past that. But if you probe into our parents, what's the reason why they are doing or behaving the way they, they might have a, in quotes, legitimate reason based on their own understanding. So it might not be reality, but we should respect them that they are trying to look out for something now people parents i don't i don't believe parents should say no based on someone's tribe i don't believe that um there are other things you should look out for such as tribe as in spiritual tribe is this person does this person believe what i believe um what did we do in this case we had to wait we had to wait we had to engage other people, and when I say other people, I mean people that they listen to, like the pastors, this is what we are going through now. We, we believe God that this is the direction that we, we should go, but these are the, the, the stumbling blocks. And then those ones, in their own wisdom, the, the pastors, ministers, they did what they, you know, they could do. But most importantly, we prayed about it, and I, I don't mean it as a, as a cliche, we prayed about it. One of the things that I asked was that, if God, if your hand is in this, I don't know how you do it, but just direct the minds of these people, our parents, that they will just come out of this whole thing and let's, let's let everything go away if your hand is in it. And I kid you not, 
my dad all of a sudden called a family meeting and then was like, okay, um, I've watched the decisions that you've made since you left for boarding school. You chose the course of study, you chose the university, you chose the country you wanted to go to. And most of these decisions you've been making are very good decisions. So I'm going to trust you on this one. That was what he said. And the response I gave in the other meeting was that um, I really appreciate this. In fact, I look forward to, you know, to you coming back to tell me that indeed I made the right call. And I, 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 like, I kid you not, before God, man, and myself, my parents have said that several times. And the same goes for my wife's parents too. All of a sudden, they were like, okay, let us see him. Let us talk to him. Started asking all the questions. And sorry, I'm taking too much time on this one. Okay. You know, they were asking all the questions. They just wanted to allay every fear that they might have had. And then before you know it, people that were tilting to, to know, people that were firmly saying no, they started tilting, you know, to the middle. And before you know it, there was an express yes. I couldn't even propose to her until she said until her, their parents said yes. But when the parents, when my, like my parents-in-law now, when they said yes, that I should go ahead, when I wanted to formally propose, I took the ring and went to them again. That, sir, I intend to make this official by proposing to your daughter out of respect. And guess what happened then? They said something that meant that I'll wait for like two more months. So the thing is that, you know, you might have to wait, but in the end, you will be glad that you did. Now, this scripture that I, I, I talked about before, involved parents, said in the beginning it wasn't so, but for this reason, a man and his wife, a man shall leave his father. So there's the place of parents, even in the mind of Christ, there's a place of parents in marriage. So you can't just go about marriage without your parents. So there is nothing God cannot do. He said he, um, he's able to turn the heart of kings just as the rivers of water. And I've seen it happen real time. So if he, God, God, God can do it. Also apply wisdom. Don't, don't fight. Don't be aggressive. Don't fight. You might not win. Fight. You will probably be giving them more reason why they are right. So don't be aggressive. Give it time. Pray. Involve, you know, deploy wisdom know what to do part-time, know, you know, let God direct you to people that can, you know, he can use to talk to them. And eventually, it's sweeter if your parents are involved. My parents call my wife more than they do to me. They relay messages to her, to me, through her, and vice versa. So it's, it's sweeter if your parents are involved and you need their blessings. You need their blessings. That's one thing. Our generations, we don't, it looks like we don't, we don't value parental blessings. That's a dangerous thing to, to do. You know, we see from scriptures that blessings are transferred. And one way that, or one avenue for blessings to be transferred is during marriage. In every tradition that I know, in Yoruba tradition, the parents bless the, the, the children. In Igbo tradition, the same thing happens. So why would you want to deny yourself of that and running away with somebody? So, what is the right time to get a wedding ring? And how much should a ring cost? <laughs> like, like you said, I think you, you kind of 
talk about that question. You kind of answer the question that you do not propose unless the parents have given their approval first. Wow. Look, I got the ring before. Got the ring before. So, I okay. So, so, so you're already, I like, I like, I already know your answer, but just your answer again. So, how much should the ring cost? Um, the answer to that, in my opinion, is it depends. So, whatever is your size, if you're able to get a million dollar ring, if that's your size, for sure. If you are able to get a $250 ring and that's your size, then go for it. For me, I believe that if you, if you get a ring, if the value of the ring should not be the primary, primary, um, uh, what was the word now? Um, it shouldn't determine anything in the relationship, so to speak. For example, your size is $500 ring. If you, you know, propose with that ring and it's turned down just because of the cost of the ring, or maybe eventually the person say, oh, this ring is too cheap, then you've not gotten married then. Maybe it's time for you to dodge a bullet because that, that person may not be, made, be, be, be meant for you. So um, the value of the ring, I think, should be, it depends. However, there is. I, it was one of the things I had to. You know, when you are on the in 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 that spot, you want to research and know what's available. So, I I did that research and I saw that, um, the the average ring should be, and this is is probably a Western culture. It should be about two times your monthly income. Well, I don't know if it's monthly income, but two times your income. So I don't know if it's biweekly or monthly. Biweekly, okay, yeah. So your monthly income, so to speak, should be your. Again, if you take one month of your of your salary to get a ring, and you know that there is not a lot where that's coming from, I, I don't know if that's the best. So for me, I didn't do that too. The ring I bought was really, really good, shiny, pure diamond, but I didn't go that. I, I, I'm going to get to the point where I'll get the ring that even me, I'll, I'm like, yeah, based on my size. When I get to that stature, I'll get it and, you know, so it depends. Ah, thank you very much, sir. Okay, let's keep going. There's more questions here. So how should, now this is, okay, this question here. Until <laughs> God opened my eyes, I kind of like was going to like feeling beauty um uh, like it was i was confused <laughs> because there are many many fish in the water so you don't know which one to catch so but yeah but god but god showed up for me so how should young men choose their spouse should they wait for god to tell them that is your wife <laughs> is there a way a guy can search and look for his spouse. The Bible says that he that finds and has to be looking for a wife, he has found a good thing. So how should guys look for a potential spouse? The Bible presents us with different templates <clears throat> for finding. So even though we laughed, ab laughed about the example of, oh, that is your wife, go. It's, it's, it's a template. Mm -hmm. 
So for the one that God will trust enough and will trust God enough to say, oh God, this is what you said, so be it. Because I've heard pastors, even in this Winnipeg, say, oh, I haven't met her before, but I just heard God say, that's your wife. And they are, they are married today, doing very well. So it, it depends on the way you communicate with God or your level, your level of relationship with God. However, the, the more general one will be he who finds a wife. So to the question, how should you find? You said something and you, you laughed about it. You know, lots of seeing the ocean. Lots of, you're not looking for lots of seas, a lot of fishes rather in a big ocean. You know, when we are, when we are buying something or when there's lots of options, let's say we go on Amazon and we want to buy a, a, what's the example now? A laptop. And, um, there are lots of options. There is lots of brands, lots of lots in terms of prices, sizes, and all. What's the next thing we do? We filter. We use the filter option. Oh, you know what? I want something within this range. It reduces the options that you have. Anyway, the point I'm making is that when it's time for us to start searching or when we are searching, we have to have standards. And that standard will help us to filter. Most important, or most important of them, we say it casually, but it's crucially important. Is this person God-fearing? You meet a thousand people and 999 of them are not God-fearing. You already know your answer. Or let's say a thousand of them are not God-fearing. You know that you have to keep looking. Because based on that filter, based on how you've, you've narrowed down the search, they don't meet that requirement. And it's okay for you to be, to be, to look out for you when you're searching. In fact, that's the only opportunity you have to look out for you. And when I say look out for you, um, you have those standards that you believe suits you. I know that along the line, it might not be 100% those, you know, standards, but there should be, there should be necessities and there are some things that, okay, this is, this is preferred. You know what I mean? Like there some things that if this thing is not there, there is a, is a no-no. If this one is there, fine. If it's not there, I can still work with it. You know, we should have all those. And it's not even as if there is a chart that you create. And for, for me, let me use my own example. Um, I knew that she had to be God-fearing. Oh, I had this diary where I put what I'm looking for in a woman. It was just five points. And just to be fair, I also put six points of the man that I should be before I go and search for this woman. Mm. I wish I came with that book. Wow. Yeah. So it's outlined the six things that I should be as a man and then the five things that I will be looking for in a woman. You know, I don't have them in order, but I'll just list a few of them. God-fearing, truly God-fearing, uh, someone that is... I like someone that is independently ambitious, you know, um, someone that is heading somewhere and then, oh, you now check, oh, this man is actually heading in that direction. Should I, should I give a history of myself? My wife was indifferent. Well, my wife now was indifferent about me, especially with all those, those things in our mind then, oh, this guy's an evil guy. Probably he won't stand a chance. And then we went out, it was the second time we went to, to dinner, second or third time. And then I just asked this question out of the blue that um, 
it's it's in the direction of purpose. And then we're just having a conversation. It wasn't formal. We're just having a conversation. And then we now enter the midst of the whole thing. And then I told her the direction I was heading. Now I noticed that she wears glasses. I noticed that her eyes welled up. I knew that there was something going on. Now, later on, I realized that that was the same direction that she was heading. And the moment she told me, honestly, I heard this, there you go, was what I heard in my spirit, there you go. So it was like there was, it wasn't that, oh, we are heading to a similar direction. No, we're heading to the same direction. I was like, oh, okay. So it was those things that I saw and heard that made me dig my feet into the ground that I think, I believe that this is it. There are lots of, you know, there's other convictions I had, which I might, I might not be able to share, share now. But, you know, um, <laughs> I forgot to say the question again. What was that? Yeah, so, like, how should guy look for a potential spouse? Okay, yeah, it still, it still ties in. You need to know where you're heading so that when you hear from the other person where he or she is heading, you know that you're heading in the same direction. You need to have your necessities. This, if this guy is, is um, if, he, if he drinks alcohol, is a no-no for me. It's your choice. And again, that's what I said. You, it's okay for you to look out for you first. I know that there might, be, there might be areas where you say, okay, this thing, it's okay if it's not available, it's not there. But there are some things that are necessary, necessary for you. And it's okay to be stingy like that. Say, this is what I look out for. By the grace of God, this is what I'm going to get. You know, so don't say you would, I want to reduce, lower the bar just because of what's available out there. If you lower the bar, what you get is, you know, what you see is what you get then. What are the do's? Now, let's now. Now, the guy and the girl have found each other and they are planning for marriage. What are the do's and don'ts? What are the do's and don'ts when someone is preparing for marriage? Couples that are in this dating courtship stage what are the things they can do and things that they can't do yeah that's that's a a a um a tough one because you see when you are okay i'll start with the do's um the do's is that and i'm gonna just be explicit you shouldn't um have sexual intercourse you shouldn't sleep with each other mm -hmm. before marriage and um that extends to every other thing you shouldn't you know um smoosh you shouldn't um what are the other things help me now uh, <laughs> well you see you see that's why I'm, that's why i struggled with with that there are some of all these other things that you know for example hog i personally don't have a problem with it mm -hmm. you know but it it now depends on location it now depends on um on on how how far you guys so um, I, okay, let, let, let me put the ideal situation. As a believer, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do anything that would culminate to sex. Mm -hmm. You know, and it, it's very tough. And I'm not going to even lie about it. Because one of the things you have to establish in marriage is that you have to be physically attracted to this person. Right? Mm -hmm. So, if you are physically attracted to the person, you, your next... The next problem, good problem now, is that you have to hold on. And that's one reason why you shouldn't keep things too long. You know, like don't, don't, don't cut for too, too long, especially when you're sure 
that's the, uh, the direction you want to go. Don't don't do it. If you do it too long, there's already an indication that some things are going on without you saying it. You just give yourself out that, oh, this thing is definitely going on. So um, that's one some of the don'ts. Some of the do's. And you know what? Let me just give my own experience. Um, my wife is, and she had always been physically attractive to me. Well, not from day one. From day one, I didn't think she was, you know, I thought, <laughs> I know if she hears this, she will probably have a problem with it. In my head, I was like, okay, she's just there. But now when I think about what I said, I'm like, how can I say she's just there? She's not just there. She's more, way more than just there. But this is it. I was attracted to her and vice versa. So we knew that we can't keep things too long. And that was why we were a bit frustrated when our parents gave an express no. It meant that we had to wait longer. But some of the things we did was she lived, she lived with her parents before she got married. Wow. Yes. So one of the things that her mom said, and she said it dragging her ears, so I, <laughs> I got the message, was that, please, the moment is 8, 8.30 at the most, you, you must have returned my daughter to my house. We see how 8.30 is during summer, right? It's still very bright. Just when, you know, whatever it is you guys planned is just getting more interesting. Mom said she has to return home by that time. So I have to keep to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had to keep to that. I had to return her on or before 8, 8.30. So point was that the, the parental boundary was there. You know, the parent was there but was not there because of some of the things they, they, they said. And also, we believe the same thing. We knew that if we start, you know, squeezing the oranges, by the time we get into marriage, the juice might be, be, <laughs> be exhausted or almost exhausted. So we try to, to keep things very, like we were still curious about each other. We try to keep the curiosity very, very high. Um, another thing we did again, oh, we prayed together. We prayed together every Tuesday and Friday. We prayed together. We would just identify an issue. Is it childbearing? Is it parents? Because we had to pray about that too. Was it towards the, the wedding? We started praying about the wedding. And, but we didn't, we didn't, we didn't miss that, miss that. Tuesdays and Fridays we fasted and we prayed in the evening. Yeah. Um, what else again did we do? And of course, yeah, we studied. One of the things that made her say yes to me was that the moment we started talking at night, usually she is the last person I speak to or I would speak to. And obviously the last person she would speak to. So by the time we are done, we pray together because we know that the next thing is probably to sleep. So there was already that culture of praying together every night, right? And there are times where I will find some things or she will find some things in scriptures. I will just start talking about it. It was one of the things that, you know, kept her curiosity. And she was like, oh yeah, this, this, this thing is going somewhere. And also my curiosity too. So there are a lot of things that we can do to keep the, the sparks going on. And then marriage is that platform where we, you know, just consummate the whole thing and no holds but nothing's holding you. Right on. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. That's very, very interesting. Do's and don'ts. <laughs> okay, let's go to the next question. Um, what before going into a marriage, what are the skills that the young guys should learn? Skills that will help the marriage to go better. I know one of them is communication. <laughs> I know I'm having little, 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 little experience myself. One of them is understanding. You have 
you have to understand oh you have to invest time oh my goodness you have to like you have to manage time your time around because having a relationship having a, like somebody means that she's not part of your life like he's not part of your schedule <laughs> so you so it's like you're like for example now i'm looking for ways to be able to um put what is more important like drop something because i want to, i want to be able to be more effective i don't do, do, do too much you cannot put the girl aside she's part of that priority because you guys are going somewhere so the other skills that we need to learn so what, what are the other skills in marriage that we need to learn i feel you already touched on the very important ones um the communication skills and communication skills sort of evolve i don't know if you've heard of this five love languages they evolve and i've seen it firsthand um initially for me now initially it was quality time and it was probably quality time because we didn't have quality time (laughs) so to speak like we sometimes i wish that "Ah, i wish you can just stay stay the night and that's something that never happened yeah that's one of the don'ts. That's something that never happened. Um, but you just wish, I wish I can stay the night. Now, you are starved of quality time. That's why quality time is now a love language. But when you now get married, you have lots of time with each other. Your love language could change. So, you know, let's, you know, we should pay attention to that. That what used to work might not necessarily work when you, when marriage is involved. Um, so that's communication. Um, another thing again is whatever it is that you did to liven the, you know, things up before you should continue doing it. And I almost made that mistake before I got married, these materials I talk about these books, I was always excited to read them. And then I now got married, not just books, um, uh, uh, messages. And then I got married the drive now dropped you know men now it was as if we already got the price so what but no um it's not necessarily when your car breaks down that you should go and fix it you know go for servicing as often as possible so whatever it is you were doing before if you were listening to messages together please keep doing it if you were going on dates before in fact i even have a theory you know when we say oh should believers go on dates if you didn't go on dates as unbelievers it's in marriage that you should start going on dates you know and one thing that we do is every every 24th of the month we try to go out even no matter how busy we are whether uh, uh, with a child even when our child was yet to come every 24th so every month we we at least celebrate ourselves and we talk about about things Another skill that we should learn is money management. Another skill we should learn is opposite sex management. Yes. Very important. <laughs> so now that is so that that is where we are going to actually end. That the next question. <clears throat> How can a young man stay faithful to his spouse? How can he overcome temptations of lust and side attractions? Young men will see beautiful girls that look more attractive because it's the body than this than their spouse. So how can these young guys practice faithfulness before getting into marriage? 
Um, if you are able to master the art of faithfulness before marriage, then you stand a very good chance to master faithfulness in marriage. Now, the temptation is going to be more. And based on my experience, it's, you know, that thesis is, 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 is correct. I, I used to think that this, this thing will scare sisters away. <laughs> but but well, it, it does some. And uh, for others, it's, and I, I hear a lot of stories. See, my, I, I'm, I'm a very, most times I don't know what's happening. It's people that will tell me what is happening. Um, one of the things that I had with my wife was, and we talked about this before we got married, was that in my dealing with the opposite sex, anywhere, no matter, even in church, if there is any lady that you don't like either the signal I'm sending to her or the signal that she is sending to me, please tell me because I might not know. And one thing with ladies, they can sense, just like shark who smell blood from miles away, they can sense danger from far away, especially from their fellow, you know, their, their, their fellow gender. So I, we agreed that if there's anybody I'm having any, you know, interaction with and it's begin to, even if it's not obvious, but you, you think that some, some unseen signals are being sent, please tell me. And I am obligated to either break away or with wisdom try to, to cut on until that interaction is, is totally eliminated and vice versa. Because these days now, some guys, <laughs> some guys can be very, very daring as well. Um, that's one of the, the, the things that we have put in place to manage, you know, mm -hmm. opposite sex relationship. And then coming to your point of um, um, uh, attraction, remember when we started, we said that if sex is your most primary reason for getting married, the marriage will not be enough to satisfy that primary need mm -hmm. of sex. So uh, you have to deal with that. That is a separate thing that you have to deal with personally before you get into marriage. So one of the things my pastor asked me then regarding this was, he said, look at this woman or this lady. She's pretty, right? Okay. If this lady gets, becomes as slim as this, are you going to love this lady? I said, yes, it's okay. If this lady is as wide as this door, as the entrance of the, uh, the door, are you gonna love this lady the same way? I said, yes, I said, okay. The message was trying to point to me was that women change, not just women, we change as we, as we age, right? So the same thing you, you saw or you, 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 you loved while you, you were getting married might change with time. Not might, will change with time. So, you know, coming back to the point that there is no most beautiful person out there, you think that you have, wait, just, just wait a short while, you see something that is much better. So I think you should deal with it from the personal level before getting to marry, because it might not be temptation you are dealing with, it might not be, you might be dealing with the spirit of lust, and you might be thinking that it's something else. So deal with that spirit and leave, you know, marriage out of it. You understand what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, I have a lot to say because uh, to, to our younger people, but the most important thing is 
be sure that I, I and I, I would draw experience from what I heard as well. That it takes two good eggs to make a good omelette. Be sure that you are not a bad egg, and that is what you owe yourself and owe to your others, your 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 significant other going into marriage. Because it won't be fair that you are the bad egg and then you're hoping to make an omelette in marriage. So work on you first. Study marriage. Take time to study marriage. Pray about it and study about it. And then when we are done, I'm sure, oh, identify purpose as well. I'm sure that when all these boxes are checked, you know, God would definitely bring someone that is suitable for us.